Well, hello, everyone. I hope the question on your mind has been, hey, Mike, where's my career and life insight? It's been over a month already. Well, in short, it's coming. I can promise you that there's some very fascinating stories coming your way. But these gems need some polishing before I can present them. So the intent of this mini pseudo-episode is essentially an introduction. Keen-eared listeners may have noticed that I never really gave an introduction to begin with at the start, where introductions usually go. It's about time I filled that gap. I'd like to explain a few things, primarily why I started a podcast, what my intent is, and how I'm planning on achieving that intent, and also just a little bit on what the process entails. However, if you're expecting me to speak poetically about lessons I've learned from each of my guests, that episode will actually come in the near future. Upon the release of four more episodes, I am going to wrap up season one with a nice little bow and talk about lessons learned from guests. Let me tell you, that will be an intriguing set of lessons. So let's get started. My name is Michael Syme, and I am perhaps a little bit more inquisitive than the average person. In some circles, people may go as far as defining this trait as nosy. My philosophy has always been, ask me any question you can think of, but then it's up to me whether or not I answer. So I tend to treat others in a similar fashion. This trait has enabled me to have all sorts of interesting conversations, but I've also encountered my fair share of conversational brick walls. Although I do believe that there are no stupid questions, there are certainly boring questions. The problem is that you can't know this until the question has been answered. To the listening audience, let me tell you that the boring questions don't make it to air. However, none of this explains what prompted me to start How To in the first place. You see, I've led a bit of a privileged life. Grade school was always kind of easy for me, so I just kind of did it without any concerted thought or effort. And then I went to university, because that's just what you do. That same kind of grade school mentality that had me coasting also led me to settle on a degree with a particular major, not because I consciously chose it, because it's simply where my marks were best relative to the average. Then a professor told the class one day, you really shouldn't just do this major, because it's not worth very much so you may as well get these additional letters after your name as well. So I did that too. But then after some travel, I returned home with a far smaller bank account and a thought. So is that it? Do I, do I just work now forever? For what? And I had never realized up until that moment that all the steps in my life had simply been means to an end. But what that end was... I had never really stopped to consider. So it got me wondering. I know that there's people out there who make money doing something they like and that they're good at. And if you think of it kind of as a three-sectioned triangle, you have income, you have aptitude, and interest for any given task. Personally, I had only ever experienced two of those three sections. I had been paid for stuff I was good at but not interested in, And I had done work that I was interested in and good at, but nobody paid me for it. So how do you get all three of these sections? Combining this aforementioned sense of inquiry I possess and a desire to learn how to get all three blocks of the triangle filled in, I created a bit of a quest for myself. 
In essence, what I am trying to do here is finding people who, through a combination of my own opinion and theirs, have filled in this whole triangle. And then I discuss with these people how they came to accomplish that. What education did they undertake? What sacrifices did they make and are still making? What type of support do they have? How long did it take? How sustainable is it? What type of person are they to begin with? And so after a potentially fateful poolside discussion with my partner and one of my brothers, it was recommended to me to turn this idea into the decade's hottest medium, podcasts. In each episode, what I want you to walk away with is learning one more path to a happy career and a happy life. Or perhaps it's simply just an insight into the challenges and joys of a career you'll never actually personally experience. In any case, I want you to learn something, because that's all I'm trying to do. But there's about a million different ways to start a podcast in this day and age, and a million more ways to continue creating that podcast. Something I need to work on is spacing my episodes at regular intervals. I don't want to have any more of this episode every three to six weeks kind of thing, but that's easier said than done. I mean, first off, I kind of need money sometimes, so... Occasionally, I spend time on things to help me make money, which does not directly progress my podcast how-to. But more importantly, editing does take time. Kind of a lot of time. Let me ask you a rhetorical question. How do you have a natural-sounding, interesting interview? Well, to keep it natural, you can't bolt it down to a hard track. But if it's not on tracks, it might veer off course into uncharted areas. Some of those areas might be interesting and relevant, and some aren't. So the only way I know how to make an interesting and relevant 45-minute discussion is to have a two-and-a-half-hour discussion and focus it down to 45 minutes. But that is time-consuming. It's something I enjoy, but it is time-consuming. I'm working on it. That being said, there's also the recording aspect itself. And recently, I've done pretty well at that. I have five new episodes in the works with guests whose positions entail international journalism, radio broadcasting, sales, architecture, and university-level athletics. And the commonality all of these future guests share is that at one point or another, or currently, they have all filled this triangle that I spoke of earlier. I can't go any further without taking the opportunity to express some gratitude. I have had a lot of support from family and friends. Literally none of them has called me stupid for doing this, so that's pretty nice. But specifically, I have to thank former colleague, friend, and future guest, Charles Schwinn. Charles and his wealth of knowledge on all things radio, music, and everything related has not only lent me some crucial pieces of equipment, but has also taught me how to use each piece, which has been as interesting to me as it was vital. So thank you, Charles. I do appreciate it. I also have to thank my partner, Lindy. The amount of patience and support she's given me during this whole experiment has been, well, I wouldn't be still doing it if it weren't for you. So thank you. Finally, I would like to thank again each of my 11 guests. I still appreciate you taking the time. The next time you'll hear from me, I'll be speaking with Tamsin Bergman. And if you couldn't guess from her name alone, Tamsin is journalism personified. 
She's won awards and works for some of the most recognizable media outlets in Canada, like the CBC and the Toronto Star. But now she's working at one of the most recognizable media outlets in the world, the New York Times. So what kind of person is able to be front and center on stories ranging from a visiting Prince Charles to hockey riots in Vancouver to interviewing rebels in Myanmar? Apparently, Tamsin is this kind of person. Find out how she makes it all work for her next time on How To.